Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. Why is now the best time to do this? Because you can do it easily. You don't have to compete to get it published by someone and hope they pick you up. All you have to do is decide that you want to do it, write it or get some help writing it, and then choose whether you're going to learn to do everything yourself or whether you're going to turn around to a business like mine and say, make it happen for me, please. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing, my awesome, amazing person of Excellence. I am Henneka Watkins Porto, host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by R. Cook Customs Broker Limited, Bookophilia, Jamaica Stock Exchange, and Patwa Apparel. And now let's go to today's episode. Peak performers. Today's guest is a multi award winning author of more than 30 books as herself and under pen names for her fiction, more than 20 times Amazon number one category bestseller, speaker, photographer, travel writer, writing mentor, and educator, and publisher. She lives in Australia and run a small publishing business to help others get their word out to inspire the world. She is the creator of the business book Quick Start Kit, the product creation launchpad course and the zero to book three day writing intensive workshop. I'm so happy to have on the Entrepreneurial You today, Kim Lambert. Welcome, Kim, to the Entrepreneurial You. Thank you. Glad to be here. As we're taping now, it's Wednesday evening in Jamaica, seven after seven, and it's Thursday morning in Australia. Am I correct? That's correct. I have a fun question for you before we get going. And here goes. Would you rather make headlines for saving somebody's life or winning a Nobel Prize? I'm not sure I care about making headlines at all, actually. Well, then it's not so difficult. (laughs) In a sense, it would depend on what I was getting a Nobel Prize for. Because potentially the subject one would get a Nobel Prize for might be something that would save millions of lives. Okay. All right. So we can leave it at that. That's good enough. All right. So, Kim, I'm going to ask you to share your social media handle so that our community can get in touch with you while we are, in fact, having this dialogue. Go ahead and let us have your social media handle. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, My business Facebook page is Dreamstone Publishing. So that's facebook.com slash Dreamstone Publishing. On Twitter as Dreamstone Books. On Instagram as Dreamstone Books. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And also for my community members listening in, you know that you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for Henneke Watkins Portal or Patwa Apparel. Now we're going to be talking about writing and publishing. And I need to get a little from you, Kim. How did you get started in writing and publishing? I used to, as a child, write stories. And I was first published in anything uh, with a story in a national magazine when I was 15 about a horse event. And 
somewhere in my late teens, early 20s, we all do very different things in our life and something convinced me that I couldn't write very well. I have no idea what. It just kind of happened and I stopped writing. And I've done all sorts of things, running businesses, different businesses, working in government, in corporates, in all sorts of things along the way. And many years later, I realized that I was actually still writing all the time, but I was writing uh, business stuff in, in my work environments. And I kept on ending up having to teach my staff how to write stuff and work with vendors and things to teach them how to write proposals so that there might be a chance of those proposals being signed off by the relevant people. And it struck me after a while that really what I wrote every day was what I now call bureaucratic fiction. In 1990, uh, my business, which was originally started by very close friends, published a hardcover book in the science fiction sort of space. And back then, that was a very painful process because we didn't have any of the tools and things that we have now, to the point where we went, well, perhaps we won't do any more of that quite yet. And we moved into publishing art print. And that went for until about 2001. And around 2001, apart from the whole dynamic of people buying online being changed by the 9-11 stuff and various bits of um, war in bits of the world, such that most people in the U.S. stopped buying from anywhere outside the U.S., and we had an, a .com.au domain name at the time, so our online income fell over overnight. And at the same time, the Chinese market for cheap shall I put it impolitely, rip off copies of art prints, <laughs> exploded. So we kind of parked things and I went and went back to doing more corporate stuff until about 2009-10 when the whole digital publishing space was beginning to exist and I looked at it and went, Maybe it's time I explored this. Maybe it's time I revitalized that side of the business and did something with it again. Because suddenly there were all these tools coming into existence that simplified things. So over a few years, I taught myself all of the new tools and we looked at ways we could do things with the new way of thinking about stuff. And I started releasing a few books. And like the first things I released were things like cookbooks because they're easy <laughs> and people like them. And I just progressed it from there. And by that stage, I was totally overworking in a corporate environment. And I decided that I wanted to get myself out of that completely. So over a three or four year period, I actually planned everything and arranged it so that I could and in 2014, I walked away from corporate jobs into purely running the publishing business. And that's what I've been doing since. 
and along the way I just started writing more fiction and things as well and I've just kept doing it while I'm working on other people's books as well. You said that you started um, pretty much at 15 when you did your first uh, publication that came in the paper. What did you write about? Uh, a horse event. A horse event? Yeah. Hmm. And um, what was it about that story, why it was published, you know? Why was it selected for publication? What do you think? It was basically just a, a news item on in a national horse-related magazine. And it was a news item on a particular type of event and, and topic area that they didn't have much coverage on. So they were interested in providing more interesting stuff for their readers and it was something I was involved with and could easily write about. So are you uh, more comfortable with fiction or non-fiction? Both. These days I enjoy writing fiction more. All right. So you, you shared a little into your journey and how you started publication, you know, leaving leaving the corporate uh, world to now being a, a full-fledged entrepreneur because you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're in the business of creating content and putting content out there. As you're rightfully saying that there are so many new tools that are now available to make writing easier, to make publication easier, in fact, to make our lives on a general way, in a general way, easier than it was, say, 10 years ago. And now it would seem that it is the best and easiest time for you know, a business owner to write a book. Why would you say that? In addition to, of course, clearly there are tools, but why would you say that? It's actually a combination of two things. One is that we now have the tools and the, and the mechanisms to publish easily. So I'll come back to that in a minute. First, let me talk about the other side of it, which goes back to the fact that until this last eight to ten years, the only way to be published really was to go through the traditional publishing process and submit your manuscript to a publisher and hope that they liked it more than the tens or even hundreds of thousands of other manuscripts that they were seeing, that they felt that they could sell, that they felt that like they could sell at le usually at least 5,000 in their local region of your book. Because if they couldn't do that, there was no way they would pick you up because they were going to pay you in advance they were going to pay their salespeople. They were going to pay for printing costs. They were going to pay out all this money before a single book ever sold. So they had this whole formula about how much confidence about selling, how many books did they need before it was worth them even taking on a book. That meant that only a tiny fraction of the books that were actually written ever got published. And as a consequence, the perception in the world was then and still is now that if you were a published author you had done really really well you were a significant important significantly important person you had a major authority in your field otherwise they wouldn't have selected you to publish so while that perception still exists these days you don't have to go through that whole process to be published you no longer have to compete with hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of other people hoping to have your book chosen to be published. You can publish it yourself if you want to, whether you learn to do everything yourself 
or whether you work with a company like mine, which does what is called custom or collaborative publishing, where we're the publishing expert so that you, the author, don't have to learn every single little bit of the technology to get your book out there. You can just be a subject matter expert on your book topic. An author shouldn't have to become a publishing subject matter expert. They should be able to simply be a subject matter expert on their topic, on their, their skills area. So whether you do it all yourself, whether you want to become a publishing expert or whether you prefer to just say to someone like me, do those bits for me, these days being published only involves deciding to be published. It's as easy as that. It's as easy as that. It's as easy as that. Now, okay, different people need assistance at different steps along the way. So I also work with people to help them get their book written because originally when I started into doing this as a business – in this recent time, I had thought I would primarily be publishing people's books for them, that they would have their material pretty much written to the final draft stage and I would work with them to publish it. But when I talked to people, more and more the questions I got were, how do I get it written? (laughs) Where do I start? So I shifted into that. But it means that there's a whole set of processes to make the writing easier as well. And as a business owner... If you do a book around the topic that that relates to your business area, immediately you get that authority that I talked about earlier because you're a published author. And if someone has to choose between you and three competitors who do something similar, they're going to choose the person who wrote the book on it. It's just logical. Yes, and this was actually my thought process when I actually wrote my first book, 15 Hints to Entrepreneurial Success, Lessons from a Caribbean Businesswoman. Yep. So, and, and why is now the best time to do this? Because you can do it easily. You don't have to compete to get it published by someone and hope they pick you up. All you have to do is decide that you want to do it, write it or get some help writing it. And then choose whether you're going to learn to do everything yourself or whether you're going to turn around to a business like mine and say, make it happen for me, please. Interesting. We're going to take a break right here, Kim. And when we come back, we're going to look at what it is about how a book is written that makes it inspire the readers to action. Because there has to be a particular style of writing that will cause your reader to move into action. So let me take a break and come right back. Peak performers, success is something that we gradually work towards as an end goal, but we need to be in the right environment to make it happen. Bookophilia is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students and professionals who want ideas, innovation and inspiration. They have a variety of high quality books, a cafe, events such as book launches, signings and art exhibitions and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilio. Welcome back. And we are talking with Kim Lambert. Kim Lambert is a multi-award winning author. She has published more than 30 books. And now we are looking, we're continuing to look 
at the the uh, whole phenomena of writing and publishing. And we kind of want to get from you now, um, Kim, a sense of what is it about how a book is written that makes it inspire the readers to want to take action? It's a very good question. I find that when I talk to people who are writing a book or planning to write a book, and I ask them, what's their, what's their aim from doing the book? Apart from they want to boost their business authority, because most people who are writing non-fiction are business owners writing about their topic area, their business topic area. The answer I nearly always get is that they want to reach more people. They want to change people's lives. They want to do something positive for people. And that might be they want to inspire people to a certain kind of action or simply to make people realise that other things are possible in the world. And their biggest concern is that they don't know enough, their material isn't interesting enough, their material isn't inspiring enough. So I've done a lot of looking at what it is that makes something inspiring. What actually happens in the process that causes someone to feel inspired? And it comes down to actually a very small number of fairly simple steps. The biggest thing that will move someone to being inspired by you is you telling your story. Story is the beginning. And the most important thing in how you tell your story is that you tell it all, warts and all. All the bad bits as well as all the good bits. Because people are used to seeing glossy PR, have a wonderful life, look at me type PR, and they go, yeah, yeah, do we believe it? But when you tell your story with all the bad bits, they go, yeah, I've had days like that, or that happened to me, or that happened to this person I know, and they begin to connect with you. So you're creating empathy, your vulnerability, your willingness to be vulnerable and expose the bad bits, lets people connect with you, lets them feel empathy for you, and lets them then start to think, if he or she has been there and got over it, got past it, and now they're wherever they are, maybe I could too. They suddenly start to see that, some things might be possible for them that they've probably been walking around for years going, I could never do that about. The fact that you did it, even though the world might have fallen on your head in the process, starts to shift their belief in what's possible for them. That's actually inspiration happening. And inspiration itself generates motivation. So you are giving them that little piece that lets them go from sitting there feeling depressed and impossible to standing up and taking the first step to doing something. And it's your your bad days that do that. It's not your good days. It's your bad days that inspire because you kept going regardless. You know, um, it's it's funny you say that because even when I when I think about some sometimes when I post on, you know, Facebook, for example, motivational uh, stuff. Sometimes it, it is on my worst day that I have to pull on those inspirational quotes, those motivational quotes to push me into action. So here I am sharing that and 
hopefully it will in- inspire others. But I'm actually using that to push me into action and to get out from that place that I may be sinking in. So I, I quite get what you're saying, you know, about your story. And it's not all of the good bits that we share. We share the bad bits too. And some persons are so afraid of becoming vulnerable, putting themselves, allowing themselves to be vulnerable, putting themselves out there because they are fearful of criticisms and what persons might say and think of them. Yeah, and it's interesting because partly we have a terrible corporate business culture in the Western world because it says that you have to leave all your emotional stuff at home. You have to leave the rest of life at home. And somehow being professional means never showing any of that. It's a very cold, hard kind of concept. And it means that people are very afraid when they're a business owner to actually show all of themselves because there's this education thing that says it's not professional to let your clients see that stuff. Whereas you actually get loyal followers, clients, readers, whatever you're doing, when you do show that stuff because then you can inspire them. If you think about people who are regarded as very inspirational speakers, people in the world, if you think about people that may inspire you personally, whoever that might be, normally the next thought that comes into your mind is that you know a whole lot of things about their life story, which usually includes some pretty big bad bits. That's why they're inspirational, because they've connected with millions of people around the world by being vulnerable. And that leads to to massive, apart from leading to massive personal growth, it leads to massive business growth because you have the opportunity to connect with people because they see you as a, inverted commas, real person instead of a glossy brochure that might have no substance. I am looking at your bio and I recognize that you have this three-day writing intensive workshop now. Is it really possible to write a book in three days or less? Absolutely. It's easier for nonfiction than fiction, simply because fiction books tend to be more thousands of words. They tend to be longer for you to tell a story effectively and a little more structurally complex. It can still be done, but generally for nonfiction, it's actually very easy to do things in three days. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is just that it's a process. It's about understanding the process involved in putting together a nonfiction book. The other is that most business owners or people with major hobbies or skills areas, so you don't have to be making it a business yet, but if you happen to have an obsessive hobby with something, it's equally true for you. Most people in those situations already have 60 to 80% of the material they need to write their book. They just don't realise they have it. That material will be in things like their website stuff, blog posts, FAQs, instruction sheets, brochures, standard answers to questions that clients ask them every day because <laughs> most people if you say to most business people what is the most common question your clients ask you they can tell you and they groan because they answer it so often 
Uh, it'll be in emails and similar things like that. Once you realize that you have most of your material, it gets a lot easier because suddenly you're not looking at writing every single word now from scratch. What you're looking at is understanding what to write about because that's the other challenge. You, you said people say you want to write a book, what do you think you're writing about? And they either go, oh, I don't know, <laughs> ah! or they go, but I have to tell them everything. I know all this stuff. <laughs> Where do I start? So step one is identifying what you're going to write about. And that comes back to that what's the most common question you're asked because that's what you're going to write about. That's what your book's about, not anything else you do in your business. Your first book is about that one question because that's the thing more of your clients than any others want to know about. That's the thing that's bringing you money now, that's bringing you people into your business now. So if all those people who found you in a business sense want to know that, the chances that there are millions of other people out there in the world who want to know that too are pretty high. So that's where you start. All those other things you know, some of which will be fairly common questions as well, they're your next books. You're going to write a series. You're not going to write just one book. <laughs> You're going to write a series. That will grant you more authority, but it also makes it easier for you. So the three-day process starts with identifying what you're actually going to write about. Then we go through a process to identify what material you already have and where it is. And then we look at how you normally answer that question when you do it verbally or in an email when you're asked and what that tells us about the logical way to lay out your chapters and your information. Because, again, everyone can tell me, apart from what is the question, they can tell me how they answer it. And if I say, and does it matter what order you tell people that answer in? They'll say, yes, of course. If I tell them this bit before that bit, they won't understand. There's an order. Well, there's the order of your chapters. So we work out that structure, and then we take that material you already have that we've found lurking in your website and your blog posts and wherever else, and we start to plug it into that structure so that we can work out where the missing bits are. What don't you actually already have? Because they're the only bits you're going to have to write in that three days. And then we work through to get those written and to tidy up the structure and make it flow smoothly through so that by the end of the three days, you've got a solid first draft of your book ready for the final editing and polishing. Kim, we are going to ask you now to share with us your information that you had. You had told me earlier that, you know, you were giving away some tips to our community right here on writing um, their book. So, we have pretty much come to the end of our conversation. So I'm going to ask you to share that now as well as to share again how they may be in touch with you. If they go to dreamstonepublishing.com slash skills to book checklist, then they will be able to get to download from there a checklist that just goes through in a couple of pages the things that we just talked about, the things they need to think about and put together to be able to take whatever skills and knowledge they have, whatever area it's in, and get that in order to create a book. Because I know, uh, as I said earlier, that's usually where people get stuck. They either don't know where to start at all, don't even think their material's worth talking about, or 
they realise they know so much they don't know how to construct it. So the checklist will help them go through, capture that thinking and start to assemble their material to be able to create their book. So that's the checklist at dreamstonepublishing.com slash skills to book checklist. They can also sign up for my email newsletter for the business at dreamstonepublishing.com and they'll get another little download book when they do that about writing your book in three days. They can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash dreamstone publishing on twitter as dreamstone books and on instagram as dreamstone books and of course if you search dreamstone publishing on amazon you will find about six pages of results for the 50 and more books that we have published in the last few years i just want to take this opportunity to say thank you very much for coming and sharing on the entrepreneurial you of course we have been given some insight into the world of writing and publishing our books. Thank you so much. As I wish you all the best and continued success in your journey. Thank you for inviting me. And now a word from our amazing sponsors. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. As an entrepreneur, you have a business to grow. You need to spend time working on your business instead of in your business. Don't waste your time dealing with imports and exports. Contact the experts. R. Cook Customs Broker Limited. Their services are reliable, efficient, and designed to fit your budget. With over two decades of experience, they are rated Tier 1 by Jamaica Customs. They offer customs brokerage services imports and exports, freight forwarding and haulage contracting. Contact them at one 977 0224 or email them at rcookcustomsbroker at gmail.com. What do you know? We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I trust that you learned something and that something resonated with you so that you can share with others and speaking of sharing, I'd so love for you to leave a comment on the show notes page of each episode. Well, we're talking about this one in particular. Leave a comment at the end of the page so that when you go the topic, you click down and at the end, there is an option there for you to comment. If you're accessing through iTunes, then by all means, I'd love for you to leave a rate and review that will keep us as a top rated podcast. It means a lot to me for you to help me out in this way. 
right? I know you are listening from all over the world. And I so appreciate it from Japan to Germany to India to Pakistan, everywhere in the Caribbean, in the United States, in Jamaica in particular. Big up my Jamaican peeps. Big up those, of course, in Ohio and all those other states that persons are listening in from, that you are listening in from. I so truly appreciate you. Now, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can actually send me an email, you know, send it to Henneke Watkins Porter at gmail.com. I am truly looking forward to connecting with you. If you want to send me a voicemail too, you can do that through my website. Just go to the middle at the right of the screen. There is an option for voicemail when you go to hennikawatkinsporter.com. I do want to hear from you. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good 